Just a word before we begin. Unfortunately, there was a technical glitch during the recording of this episode, which resulted in a large portion of Dave's contribution being lost. So you may notice about halfway through the episode, Dave can no longer be heard, and what follows are abridged highlights salvaged from the recording of myself and Sean. These things happen in podcasting, and uh, we hope that you still enjoy the episode. So without further preamble, let's begin. Zeitgeist. I'm your host Joe and joining me as ever is my co-host Dave. Hello Dave. Hello Joe. And with us we have special guest Sean O'Connor because uh, we are talking today about Jordan Peele's Us. Hello Sean. Hey Joe. Hey Dave. Hey Sean. How are you getting on? <laughs> I'm good. Good. How are you guys? Good. I'm so glad we rehearsed this, uh, this introduction. <laughs> we were just no, ten times before rehearsal. rolling. Like. Is, this, uh, this, is this going in? Are we this, live? Oh, oh we're live. We're live baby. <laughs> Oh, no, no, Wait, okay. can I have another in. pass at it? Hey, Sean. <laughs> hey, Div. Hey, Joe. Hey, Sean. Hey, yeah, Joe. That's the one. That's the one. Keep it in. That's the one. <laughs> All right. That's going. Nailed it. <laughs> I think the impetus for this episode was, um, among other things, myself and Sean, we, we both went to see us lately in the, in the cinema. And uh, when the credits rolled and people were walking out, there was a mixture of reactions. And I think we were among those mixed reactions mm. um, because I don't think it was exactly what we were expecting. Mm. Can you guys replicate the look that you gave each other the the minute you the the credits roll and you and you look to your left or right? Can we? It's podcast gold. <laughs> Go on, give it to me. I'll describe it. Ready? Uh, okay, so so <laughs> Sean's doing some sort of like Scooby Doo double take. Uh, I, I was I was I was barely joke. acting, barely acting. Joe looks mildly dubious, a little bit skeptical. Joe's more, Joe's more, the, the most skeptical I ever get is mildly dubious. Joe's more chill, but just just as confused. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm ex- expending too much mental energy to put into my face. <laughs> so, so I think the the root of the confusion, um, and maybe maybe you found the same, Dave. That us is billed as a sort of a as a horror movie, but that's not exactly what audiences got. Well, should we put a full spoiler warning first for? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely, we yeah. are going to spoil the absolute ever-loving crap out of out of us. So uh, yeah, be warned. Um, and uh, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> what did I think? Well, well. So, d- did you have um, did you have a similar reaction? Did you? What uh, d- was us? What you expected? Um, no. It wasn't. It was. It, it really took me by surprise. I think for me, I did see the trailer, and I had certain expectations, which were this is going to be a home invasion movie with uh, doppelgangers, which mm. I think is was pretty much how they marketed it very cleverly. But then you know, two thirds of the way through, when they kind of escaped the house, and then we cut to the other family, and you get this sort of broader canvas. 
and then the news footage comes in and you're like oh all right we're in a sort of zombie apocalypse type movie end of end of days type thing which i uh i didn't quite enjoy at the time because i was more enjoying the claustrophobic home invasion movies movie style in many ways i wish it was that movie um but i got to admire jordan peele for like the scope and ambition of this whole thing like he got he like he's been credited for as a filmmaker with something to say with both of his movies now and he clearly had something in mind that he wanted to reflect it's very and we can we'll, um, we'll talk about that you know in detail what we all think about that later but it was very much a refl- you know he he hasn't made it any uh, secret that it's about america uh, mm. it's got us in the title um so it kind of makes sense i guess that you put it he put it on this broader this broader canvas across across america um but I think that's for me when the problems started to creep in, and yes, the confusion which which you described, uh, and by the by the sort of exposition dump that we get from Red, that's where the movie kind of just really lost me. Um, and by the end, I yeah, I was I had a similar sort of Scooby Doo um, <laughs> Scooby Doo expression to you, Sean, in that like I was left with a lot more questions, as were a lot of my audience. I could hear people on the way out um, saying, "Well, what was with the chain thing?" Yeah, yeah. Among other things, there there are countless questions left unanswered, um, and I suppose that, that's it's unsettling. And we kind of go to horror to be unsettled, but I think we've been unsettled in a way that we're not used to. I think mm. um, so. My my take on it is that when we go to a multiplex, we are set up for a certain type of experience. We, we sometimes get uh, landed with something else. And um, we're not really prepared for an art piece that uh, that is telling us about, it's it's telling us about society. It's reflecting uh, what's going on in the world right now and what has gone on in the past. Um, and I think that's maybe the root of the confusion. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting to see the um, the reactions after. I don't know if you remember Joe, but afterwards, like I heard someone behind us say. Uh, that was one of the worst fucking movies I've seen in a long time. <clears throat> yeah, um, but it was. I I I do agree. I felt that uh, I agree with you, Dave. That the the strongest part of it was the uh, the home invasion stuff when it was like su- super tight and super, and also when it was like setting up the mystery of who these people were, you know. And you kind of like, and he is one of those filmmakers who, um, especially with Get Out, like this. What I love about Get Out is this it sets up all these like these crazy scenarios but then there is a, like a functional backstory revealed in it you know um it, it, like no, no matter how like out there it is it does it it still does make sense in its own way sure. and us did that in the second half of the f- of of the film but it wasn't quite as effective i thought you know um but at the same and, and i was the, the the i found myself like feeling quite frustrated with like entire sections of it towards the end but at the same time i you uh, as one of you guys was saying earlier you can't help but admire the scale of what he has attempted to 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 pull off whether he did it or not is arguable but like it's you're very much in the hands of like a like um a distinctive filmmaker yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he's it's ballsy isn't it like and and like i think everybody came out of that as you said joe seeing something they hadn't expected to see 
And something I don't think any of us had seen before. I've never seen a movie like that or that was attempting to tackle those ideas. I mean, if you strip them right down, they're kind of crazy uh, on a literal level. Um, and I think that's what you're kind of scratching at, Sean, in that the frustrations are hard to overcome. They certainly um, left me with like uh, really nitpicky, annoying questions that I don't want to be even asking myself. But like, who's feeding the rabbits? How did they, how did they get their clothes? And like, do these tunnels go on throughout all of America? Yes. Yeah. And 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 where do they get their jumpsuits and the gloves and why and and why and why <laughs> how were they wearing the same clothes during the the mirror scene um, when she was at the f- uh, the fun fair at the beginning in the eighties and we see the mirror people downstairs doing the exact same thing why were they all wearing <laughs> almost identical clothes you know who who's like they, people decide what clothes they're going to wear in the day do they have the same wardrobes down there how where do they go to the toilet like this is the kind of thing. <laughs> That I I hate, and it's the kind of stupid, uh, nitpicky movie, and uh, internet nerd thing that I I kind of hate. So I don't even want to partake in that. And that's what you know the 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 who are those guys? The YouTube guys. Everything wrong with dot dot dot. You know they yeah. make th- those awful videos where it's just like pedant pedantry, um, and they're gonna go to town on this. But I I. I can't. I, you just kind of can't help that because he opened himself up to it with with basically grounding it in reality. When Red says that the thing where it lost me was like it was humans that did this. You know, it was the military scientists trying to control people through mind control and d- DNA. It's like, and that's that's where it falls over for me, me because then he grounded it in in the the sort of confines of reality in our world, whereas everything before that was just. Hey, these are creepy fucking um, murderous uh, mystery doppelganger people from the underground, and I'm like, fine. Let's run with down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then getting into the like, but I, I, I think it's valid to be kind of frustrated by that because like, they they set up the idea of this being a, a military experiment, but in order for that to be a, like a functional military experiment, like it needs to be massive like and and also um and i ch- i looked at checked up the wikipedia and it it says um red states that the, te- the tether were created by the us government in an attempt to control the public but the experiment failed and they were abandoned underground for generations they were trapped beneath the surface doing nothing but mimicking mimicking the actions of their above ground cu- counterparts um how are they mimicking the actions you know that that's that's kind of going into like a supernatural type territory and it's and wh- while it's a gorgeous visual cinematic thing to do, mm. it was just like, but but how? Wh- why is the kid mimicking what the other kid's doing if he can't see him? How are they linked? Like you know, and uh, yeah, what are the rules? You can't exactly, you can't have you can't yeah. have an exposition dump like that where you which goes on for five minutes and explains everything and not explain everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, so I I think look, I, I share your frustration, but I think. If you try and figure out the answers to these questions, there are no answers. There is no why behind these things. So you're forced then to abandon the literal interpretation of this film and take it as an allegory um, f- with all the flaws that go along with it. So uh, I, I think in making such a frustrating film, Jordan Peele is is forcing us to look at these mysteries. And it's it's showing us holding up a mirror to society and showing us what's going on and what has gone on in a different way, but making us wonder about it. 
Uh, and, and if we come away from that film with the same wonder about how our society works and the inequalities in our society, then the film has done its job. Um, and I think that like part of the mystery is driving the audience out with these questions because pointing that inward on the film is folly. You should point it outward and figure out what Jordan Peele is saying about contemporary Western society. But see, I think he could have... I think he could have protected his the the symbolic side of the movie um without you know without going down that route in the literal side because the symbolism would have remained intact if he hadn't tried to explain everything and and pin it on humanity and now to be fair the reason he he has said the reason he did expressly want it to be humanity who created the tethered was because that ties into his symbolism because the symbolism because the movie is all about the mirror and us and we are you know it's about taking a look at ourselves and sometimes we're the villain which is why he had the twist at the end as well but for me he put the symbolism ahead of the literal movie because the i think the best um the best examples of these kind of things work on both levels and neither falls over like Joe, uh, Paul Verhoeven does that ex- mm. superbly whereas like Robocop and Starship Troopers you can be a 15 year old uh, and approach that and be like oh uh, bugs and, and boobs and and, uh, and explosions or whatever <laughs> you don't need to be a 15 year old <laughs> <laughs> but then you kind of realise later in life is like oh it's, it's about fascism and their clear SS allegories and blah 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 but like that's that's kind of so for me i feel like he sacrificed and he all probably alienated the mainstream audience by by trying to get his symbolism across when he could have probably found a, found a middle ground yeah i think the uh it, it's that thing of having like like watching something like the shining or um even something a bit less kind of obtuse like um like like invasion of the body snatchers or something so, okay. something where there's like uh there's an another group or there's another um there's something that's kind of like attacking humanity or something like that and it's revealed slowly throughout the course of the th- even with the thing something yeah. like the thing yeah. right where like there are allegory i mean you know the thing could be or especially like uh, body snatchers is an allegory for like you know the reds under the bed mccarthyism and all that but what happens to like the 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 entity that's attacking there is a set of rules sure. within it and and i think that that's like i think that what what joe what you're saying is like is uh is correct to an extent but i i think it is uh it frustrates the movie somewhat that yeah. that, that that those rules aren't aren't consistent and I, and I, and i think that this it would have been so much more powerful had had they been consistent and if it it doesn't like uh like so, like for example, like a David Lynch film, like you come away with like so many questions, but it feels, but it feels like those questions are are part of like some kind of like like an intern, like a, a like the, it's like what you don't the, the part of the iceberg you don't see, and it's like there's a there's a vast internal mechanism that you're just seeing the surface of, and you're going fuck that's that's fascinating. Whereas with this, it was like you were seeing bits and pieces of it, but you're going, but that doesn't make sense. But why is this happening? Why is that happening? And now. That's not to say that like the 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 experience as a whole wasn't like absolutely compelling, but at the end I I I kind of sympathise with. Now with all that said, I am 
I am I strongly suspect that uh, on second and third watch, it will be I will you know it'll be like knowing that those questions don't get answered and just enjoying it as an experience. It'll be it'll be more enjoyable. But the first time I watched it, I was I was. <laughs> You're right. It it frustrates the whole thing. Um, maybe maybe the wrong things were explained, and maybe uh, maybe nothing should have been explained. Maybe that would have made a more interesting experience. But I I I am I'm holding on to, with dear life. I'm holding on to the questions. So um, if if we ask, uh, why is that society set up the way it is? And we aren't finding satisfying answers. We should then apply that to the outside world and and look at the the vulnerable and the people who are kept down in, in society, the people who are tethered to the uh, to the the middle and the upper class, mm. and empathize and sympathize. Because one of the themes to the to the film is this charity symbolism, this hands across America motif, which comes through, um, and and that is kind of. Not the futility, but the failure of charity to do the things that it has set out to do. In that that case, it was a, a spectacular failure. Um, I prior to this film, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not from the US, so I had only heard those three words together, hands across America, and I knew it was something to do with charity. But I think Sean, you filled me in on the the background because you had you had encountered it only a week before, strangely. Uh, the day before, B- bizarrely, I I listened to a podcast about hands across America. Um, uh, like the day before, completely unrelated. But it to, was it was recorded months <clears throat> prior to. Oh yeah. Oh no, it was nothing to do with us. Like I mean, I was. I think when the when the logo appeared, I I I like turned around. And I, <laughs> I slapped your shoulder. I was like, Joe, hands across America, and you're like, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's that was a um, a, a sort of a mass performative. Uh, charity event which was supposed to bring everyone together and supposed to uh, kind of help the homeless and the less fortunate and and those living in in poverty and it was a spectacular failure not least because of geography Um, and there are are huge swathes of the country where you can't link hands and not everybody wanted to link hands so it was something that (laughs) it it wound up generating 16 million dollars and it cost 15 million (laughs) dollars So, so it, it, it was a an abject failure. So it's no coincidence that he has picked that, um, in order to to show how, since nineteen eighty six or seven or whenever mm-hmm. it's set, uh, since then and beyond, um, the U.S. has failed its citizens repeatedly. Mm. Discuss. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Um, the yeah the the whole hands across America thing and the. Yeah, and just the, the the podcast I heard about it. It was it was done as a as a kind of reaction to um, to Live Aid, you know. And um, it uh, the what was the song that was recorded for it by it was Michael Jackson and We Are the World. We are the so the we are, we are the world oh. was, was the was the kind of the single that coincided with it, um, which was like a massive hit in the states. Like, and I'm just gonna start talking about that that song now. But interestingly, it's another kind of of the of the Michael Jackson. There's a couple of Michael Jackson there are references, a few references in it. Yeah. yeah. And what I read today, actually, I'm going to kind of get off topic now. But the one of the things I I read today was that the ending of the film reflects the ending of Thriller, where uh, there's um, a wry smile to the camera, oh, yeah. where the 
you know the main protagonist kind of realizes who they are or knows who they are and the audience is now in on it like you know yeah um, um all, all it's short is the uh the dodgy yellow eye effects that, uh, <laughs> that were in the in the thriller video but it's no coincidence like michael jackson is a, a prominent zeitgeisty figure at the moment uh, yeah. i think the, the less said about him the better but uh it's it's his duality that is is kind of brought forward and and um it's it's the duality of of mankind um and how we're all good and evil and have the potential for both um I think that like this film doesn't let anyone off the hook. the The viewer, the the uh, the protagonist, nobody is nobody's good in this film, really. Yeah, and I I totally agree with you, and I and I do think that as as sort of perfunctory and um, silly as the 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 twist at the very end felt to me when I first watched it, the more I thought about it, the, yeah, the more it does reflect exactly what you're saying in that. You know, it's a clear. It clearly works as an allegory for the class system uh, and capitalism, which we can see. And then there's something quite poetic about the fact that somebody from the underground uh, came into that system and was afforded the same opportunities as uh, everybody else, and then thrived. And then the reverse happened, and then she became a sort of rabbit-eating, um, croaky monster woman. Um, uh, so 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 and I, look and, and I feel like I was kind of negging it sounded like I was negging on the movie quite a lot at the beginning of this but that was me just getting across my own frustrations because it was almost so perfect do you know what I mean it was it's like I, it was so close to perfection and then kind of dropped the ball for me a bit towards the end that I focusing too much on that but I, like I think as a as a filmmaker he's extraordinary as a movie this is a great piece of work. It's like exciting and original and funny and uh, horrifying and interesting. Um, and yeah, to your point, Joe, it's like it has a lot to say about humanity and you can apply so many different things to this. Like I've, I've, I spent the week after this movie just reading everyone's interpretations of this <laughs> and you, you did like 10, 15, 20 different like perfectly valid ways you can interpret this. Well, it's like a Rorschach test. You know, you, you can read anything you want into it. And, and modern film theory with the death of the author says that that is valid. If, it's, if you can support it and it's there, then it's there, whether the author intended it or not. Mm. Um, now, like when you, when you watch Room 237, the Shining documentary, you very quickly, you, that, oh, yeah. that is going down a road <laughs> of madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's, <clears throat> that's legitimate within film theory and film criticism. Um, so... Like one of the things that I came away um, thinking about, and I think maybe you arrived at the same conclusion, Dave. Um, the 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 people, okay. The downtrodden in society rising up and um, taking back the overworld, wearing red, um, well, led by a charismatic leader. Um, I, I think that that was very pointed and and, and quite contemporary. And I, I look. Maybe it's my biases. A charismatic uh, character with a limited command of the English language. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and again, there's a bit of selection bias going on there because we're, we're picking the elements that fit. Yeah. But they're there. Mm. They are there if you care to look for them. Mm. And and the, the ultimate goal is to build a wall across America. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Um, so like the, the symbolism is, it's not too difficult to read into it. But, but equally, 
if if you were of a religious bent you could you could read all kinds of religious allegory into it as well so and they specifically call out some religious elements at some stage she uh, says red says in her monologue that she found god through art and through ballet um and there's the jeremiah eleven eleven passage mm-hmm. yeah um so it, it again that's there and that's that's a, a cipher for us to to kind of to take and run with also eleven eleven is just brilliant in a film about doppelgangers yeah of yeah. course oh yeah. perfect and he so and he sewed it in to so many places like mm. i feel like there's so many little easter eggs i can't wait to watch this again just to just to pick it all apart like uh, the the clock <coughs> struck eleven eleven at once at one point yeah and, you know well, the, the bit that I'm most interested in, if, if if I indeed do rewatch this, I'm interested in the motivations of the central character in dispatching the people from below, because if if you have the prior knowledge that she is she's from the underground, in in each case she's killing people that she knew or that she had some association with, and what's her motivation? Is it so that she's not discovered? Is it so that uh, people don't know about her past and that she can cover her tracks? Well, the one of the things I read was that, like at the at the end when we see the the, the flashbacks, that like those are repressed memories, and that she, okay. and but that's again, it's just an interpretation. Like that, I when, when I watched, I was I was I didn't I didn't think that I was like, oh, she she must have known all along, but then I thought, kind of just based on my memory of the scene, it she looks surprised and she looks to the kid for a reaction to see if he gets it. Well, when you think about it, um, the repressed memories would be the person who was the recipient of the trauma, not the person who came from below. And like, if you remember the therapy session, she couldn't speak when she came out Mm. uh, of the underground. And she took a while to learn to speak. Uh, So this is this is a girl who assimilated over time. Um, Now, it's possible that she didn't remember the extent of it but she was old enough to have those memories mm. so uh, look all, all interpretations are on the table here yeah but i i didn't feel that myself okay fine i know we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll get to get out but it was um I, I watched it again recently and um it's so interesting that like it's it's such an intricately structured film and it's just brilliant brilliantly executed and then at the end the cousin shows up the tsa guy and uh uh um, the main character sits into the car with him. And he says, and he says, "How do you find me? How did you find me?" And he says, "Like I'm motherfucking TSA. Yeah, yeah. we get shit." Done. And it's and it's like that. That's it. Like that's how the Deus Ex Machina. He just like we we and, and the motherfucking TSA. And yet, like you're just like that's It's like the shark and jaws. It, it's like if you don't buy it at this stage, yeah. If this breaks the film for you, then yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> it, the film was broken. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But. That completely worked in 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 Get Out and if, and a few a few other small things as well, um, but it felt like those those kind of like things of uh, just just accept this were a bit were kind of slight with too like you guys were were just saying about the characters suddenly dying like you know um, just didn't quite make sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In in us, yeah, and all and also. The, the dad is like, we're staying here. We have food, we have water, we have everything we need. And I know we talked about this before, Joe, but uh, Red slash, um, uh, what's Adelaide is this? Is like, we need to leave. We have yeah. to, we have to leave. We have to get, we have to, we have to get out. We have to go. Um, 
and I was watching it going, but ob- like obviously no, <laughs> like, like obviously no, like stare where you are, see see what happens, like the, the military is going to come in or whatever, and it's like it's that thing of like it does it that also kind of hangs on whether she knew at the end, it like does. does she do, like yeah. But 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 when you're watching it, it was like, and obviously in horror films, there's there's a lot of leeway of okay, they have to go and do this and do that. But that was watching it was going that just wouldn't happen. I when we came out, one of the films that came to mind and we were talking about was uh, was Prometheus, in which <laughs> in which the characters do things no human would ever do, um, <laughs> but it's purely to drive the horror along or to to you know if people acted sensibly, there'd be no movie. If everyone kept their helmets on. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. They'd be grand. Like, can I just mention that I have a list of? Did you guys see the list of um, films that Jordan Peele gave to the cast and crew to watch as oh, wow. reference points? Okay. Okay, I want to hear it. Jordan Peele gave the, from IMDb. Jordan Peele gave the cast ten horror films to watch so they would have a shared language when, when filming. Okay, put on a seatbelt, lads. Dead again. The Shining. The Babadook. It follows. A Tale of Two Sisters. The Birds. Funny Games, Let the Right One In, The Sixth Sense, and Martyrs. Oh. Yeah. Which we've spoken about on this podcast for way too long before. <laughs> yeah. But interesting that Funny Games is in there because there's a lot of funny games in this film. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's very telling that he didn't give them The Strangers, the Liv Tyler <laughs> home invasion movie that looks similar. Oh, yeah. uh, that That's not one that was a, a, an inspiration for this. Yeah, yeah. The man's definitely like a an efficient. I haven't seen the Twilight Zone, the new the new one. It's it's probably excellent. Well, I, I, so is is it short format or is it a, a feature length? Oh, the no, it's a show. It's, it's CBS. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I think that the format might suit. Like, the longer you go with horror, the more chance you have of everything falling apart. Yeah. So short format under an hour. I would I would suggest that that would work excellently. Yeah, yeah. Like he's doing the he's the Rod Serling of this. Oh wow! Well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's it's the trailer looks amazing. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen the show yet. Love me some Twilight Zone. Oh yeah. Um, what struck me again thinking about uh, thinking about us and while I was watching it, it's it's no coincidence that this came out within a year of um, Childish Gambino's This Is America. Mm. Kind of a, a strange performance. That's clearly telling us things about the world, um, not literally, but metaphorically and symbolically. Um, and it's also dealing with the dichotomy of happy-go-lucky America and the, the image it presents and then the reality for a lot of people. Mm. Um, so, uh, and again, like you can, draw a, you can draw a line between Childish Gambino and um, Jordan Peele because the opening of Get Out has um, Redbone in it. So they they obviously they they have a kind of a shared language and it's it's almost like a a dance happening between them in the the art that they're producing and yeah writer director performers <laughs> I'm so jealous I hate them <laughs> one of the many lenses through which you can yeah, you can watch this film is a is a racial lens and unlike Get Out so Get Out is so deliberately about race and it explores it in, in a number of different aspects of it whereas us is it, it, it's about society as a whole um and it, it's not confined to um to racial experience it's more to do with uh, economics and it, it's it's more of a class struggle than it is uh, a, a racial struggle and speaking of turning things on their head 
we've established that, um, and, and indeed Jordan Peele has established that he is a horror aficionado. Um, no coincidence then that the first people to die are white in this film, because that has so often not yeah. been the case in horrors. True that. True that. True that. Um, I, I refuse to believe that that's an accident. No, I don't think anything in his films are accidents. Can I also just point out that it has been a fantastic year for rabbits in film. Oh, um, stop. Between this and The Favourite. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's wall-to-wall rabbits in great films. Like, Are these tunnels all over America and does everyone have a doppelganger? Is that is that what's happening? And also, how <laughs> have the tunnels remained unfound until now if there's like ways to enter and exit them through like fairgrounds? If we know one thing, it's that there's a down escalator, so there's no escape. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Except for the rabbits, though. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are questions. No, no doubt about it. These are questions. So I had not seen any, if, uh, or very little of Key and Peel, right? Up until like two days ago, and then I inhaled it <laughs> off YouTube. Um, now, I had seen the Gremlins one, which is absolutely incredible. Um, it's so good yeah I'll, but, I'll, I'll drop yeah. the Gremlins 2 one in the show notes because it's just too good it's to, to absolutely taste. fantastic no, none of this is going in the movie <laughs> <laughs> all of this is in the movie um, but I was saying to Joe earlier that like what, um, what really strikes me about it, uh, um, the Key and Peele stuff is uh, and I think it adds to it so much is just how well made it is like it's beautifully shot there's you know like the music cues are great like the uh, all these little things like that kind of you can you can get away with um, having things a bit ropey in sketch comedy and sometimes it adds to it but like every one of those th- there's like there's like a pirate shanty one <laughs> and it's like to be honest the sketch itself is only kind of so-so but the production values are jaw-dropping like it actually looks like a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean like it's like it's like proper makeup proper costumes um, like a set like they built a set for it with like cast of dozens for like a sketch where they're singing a sea shanty, you know? Well, it might be the case that like, uh, this is Comedy Central, I don't know, where they tied to Universal? Maybe they just have access to the back lot and mm. they can just spin all this stuff into their, into their, like they can spin all the production value and the, the, the vast machine that's available to them and they can, you know, take something ridiculous, some, some stupid sketch premise and just make it look beautiful. Mm. But uh, like, these are the kind of things that would not have been possible when Monty Python was running. Um, like they, they were sort of done on a shoestring um, and they have, they have a, a charm all of their own. But if they looked perfect, maybe they might have lost something. Mm. Whereas the, the cost of produ- producing that has come way, way down in, mm. in recent years. Like if someone sets their mind to it and they have a decent camera and uh, a decent rec- recording equipment, uh, you can make something that looks that good. <laughs> I cha- I challenge I you, Sean, to make something that lo- looks that good. I don't know about that. Well, like even on a sketch show with a good budget, like the like what they make, what they made in the Key and Peele show is like so. This no, I'm basing this off like two days of watching it, and I haven't watched all of it. But it's cons- it's so consistently cinematic across the board that I watched the the film Keanu. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, last week it's on Netflix, and it it just looks like an extended Keen Peel, but that's a good thing. Like it looks, yeah. it you know, it, it it looks like they they were really used to working in the realm of like making cinematic looking stuff, like with proper camera movements, proper blocking, um, 
you know, like, like basically excellent production values. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating to, to kind of look back at that older stuff and think, well, that looks as good as the stuff they're doing now. You know, sorry, you know, that, I'm no, that, banging that, on with production values but, a lot. But, but, but that's, but like, okay, you can get something that looks amazing, but what really sells it is that their comic timing, their delivery and the writing really hangs together as well. Oh, yeah. So yeah. like, e- even if it looked great, it w- might not be a great sketch show, but they have the, the comic timing and the sensibilities and they have some arguably horror moments in some of those sketches as well. So like, it's not like they're not used to this vocabulary. Mm, yeah. Did you, did you see that there was a, there was a, like on the press tour, um, Jordan Peele wore the Jack Torrance costume, uh, like on camera. <laughs> he's just, he's just toying with people at this well. point. So he's, he's like, he's wearing the, the flannel and the, the, the whatever jacket that, uh, that Jack Torrance wore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just trolling people now. Why yeah. not? Appar- apparently, you know, when the, uh, the, the, the twins, the, the two girls who they get, you know, they, someone, the, the, they, they, ki- they kill yeah. the shit out of them. Yeah. But when they're, they're lying, um, they're lying on top of each other and apparently they're lying on top of each other in the same way as the, oh, as no that, way. as the that couple of, twins. the couple of, the Grady twins, that couple of, sec- or of frames from The Shining. Same uh, position. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. That's both impressive and not surprising. Yeah, because he's, he's <laughs> such an efficient adult. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, apparently Nicole Richie is in us yeah. at the at the very start because she uh, she was a child at the time of the Hands Across America. Yeah, uh, well, adverse. Po- point of information: she isn't in the clip that's used in the film, uh, but she was in that trailer at a different point. Okay. Because her dad sang the song from Hands Across America. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, so one thing that is absolutely, so especially watching the old, the the Key and Peele stuff is that like, it's like, it's like if like before making The Birds and Vertigo, Alfred Hitchcock was banging out comedy sketches like, Back back in the day, and they and they were and not only were they really good, but he was a brilliant comedic performer. That's what it's it's like it the, the context of the the Key and Peele stuff, which I was vaguely familiar with back in the day. And now I'm just watching it, going like, that guy is like an absolutely he's one of the best living filmmakers, like you know. <laughs> and look at him, he's hysterically funny, like you know. It's yeah, it's wild. Um, I think we mentioned earlier um, Donald Glover. Because, you know, he started on, well, he first came to people's attention as an actor on Community. But prior to that, he'd been writing on uh, on 30 Rock. Um, and, you know, if anyone's seen uh, Atlanta, like that has moments of real tension and darkness and, and co- comedic elements as well. And it's a social commentary. So, uh, like, I would, again, restate that connection between Jordan Peele and Donald Glover. In fact... It might, maybe it wouldn't work because they're both kind of singular visionaries. But if they collaborated and did something together, it would, it, it would just end the world. It would just be the, the, the single greatest collaboration in, in horror history, I'd imagine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, like it, it must be a great acting challenge to, uh, and, and, and freeing in a way to be able to play yourself two different ways uh, and to be able to, you know, be free to make those choices. Like, um, like the, the, the underground um, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, it's 
it's a very strange performance and and so in some cases it's film breaking for people like because of the the voice but when she starts speaking it is it's proper creepy it's proper creepy you know she based the voice on oh it's it's a condition it's the call it's a um spasmodic throat condition that happens to uh, trauma victims and uh but she based it she said specifically afterwards on uh Robert F Kennedy Jr and there I uh, yeah I just looked this up today but he, he there's there are interviews with him where I mean he's a I guess he's a I guess he's a politician I don't know if I had heard of him outside of this but he's uh he's RFK's son obviously yeah. but he has this this condition whereby he he speaks like he he's he's constantly uh like out of breath um like she she obviously accentuates it for effect but it is it, it is that and it's a, wow. and a, a real thing yeah it's called spasmodic dysphonia if I may, I'd just like to, to, to make one final observation and it is that um, I'd forgotten that Get Out was nominated for, it won Best, Best Screenplay, right? And it yeah. was nominated for Best Film. And rewatching it, um, it just struck me that like it's, it's such a rare thing nowadays and it's fantastic to see audience respond, audiences responding to it, but that like to see a script that's just so carefully constructed that has like themes emerging and disappearing and coming back. Like the whole that has like narrative strands that are carefully set up and carefully tied off, and like that that has like that that works thematically, tonally throughout, and is just it's a it's a really carefully piece or carefully constructed piece of of pop culture, and it's, and it's poppy and it's funny and it's like you know it it barrels along and um. But 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 even while it's doing that and while it's being vastly entertaining it's skewering racial relations yeah. in the US as well. Yeah. So it, 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 it hits all of these points um, and it does, it does it so deftly and so well. Um, it, it's, it's kind of unique in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And us kind of, it, it, it builds on that. And I think that's maybe what I found a bit frustrating about it was that it didn't, it didn't have that kind of, um, that, I guess, narrative like succinctness that, this, um, that, that, that uh, Get Out has but um, but again, as I said earlier, I think it'll, it's a, it will definitely benefit from um, from rewatches. For sure. But, but what a joy to have somebody like like Jordan Peele directing films now. Like you know, it's it's like I mean the way we would we speak about like Spielberg or Tarantino. It's just like it's a must. It's a must see when he makes a film. You know. That's it. And the hype for this was enormous. Mm. Um, and it's very difficult for a filmmaker to follow up something like Oscar winning um, Get yeah, Out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and and your your point about the screenplay, like it stood head and shoulders above the competition that year as well. Mm. Um, so well deserved in that case. Yeah, yeah. And did you sure. did you see um, uh, Keenan Michael Key just absolutely losing his shit at the Oscars? No. Oh yeah, he was backstage. He was roaring and really? screaming. Yeah, it was really good. Awesome, really good. awesome. Really good. So I think we might leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us, Sean. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Is there? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as at Sean O'Connor One. And my website is seanoconnor.com. Uh, anything you want to plug? Is there anything coming up that people could uh, could check you out on? Um, I'm going to be making a short film at the end of the month called The White Horse that will be available pretty soon after that. And also, I made a short film called Pat that is uh, currently on the RTE player because it's screened on short screen last month. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. You can follow us uh, at ShiteGuysPod on, uh, on Twitter or email ShiteGuysPod at gmail.com.
make this great dream a reality.